Welcome to the More Exemplary Podcast, a study in joyful living. I'm your host, Nick Bogner, a marriage and family therapist practicing in Pasadena, California. In this podcast, I'm talking to some of my favorite professionals, both inside and outside the world of therapy, to learn how they cultivate happiness by accessing their own joy and enriching the lives of others. Thanks for coming along for the ride. I'm so glad you're with us. This week's theme is kicking ass. And when I think about people who kick ass, especially therapists who kick ass, the first person I think of is this week's guest, Tiffany McLean. Tiffany does it all. She has a killer podcast called The Money Sessions. She has a private practice in the Bay Area. And if that weren't enough, she also designed and runs a program called Lean In Make Bank, which helps therapists get paid appropriately to do their best work with clients. Dear audience, I used you as an excuse to spend some time with Tiffany and learn just what she thinks kicking ass is all about. So thank you for being my excuse and enjoy. Tiffany McLean, welcome to the More Exemplary Podcast Instagram show slash actual podcast. It's great to see you. Thank you. I don't have any idea what platform this is. I know Instagram, but it sounds like we're doing all kinds of things with this thing. I'm ready. I'm excited. In the age of computers, Tiffany, the possibilities are virtually endless. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the video and audio of this and we're going to upload it onto Instagram and then we're going to take the audio of this and we're going to turn it into an episode of the podcast because we are this limitless This is a miracle. People. You are, a, I'm not going to say you're a unicorn because that's overused. You're like a tarantula. I don't know what, I don't know what's kind of magical, but not overused, whatever that is. That's what you are. Have you ever seen a tarantula molt before? <laughs> I just all my worst nightmares have sim- have come true right in this moment when you told me tarantulas molt. Oh yeah, and they molt by the back; their back splits open, okay. and a new tarantula crawls out of the old tarantula skin. So, I I don't really know what to make of that assignation that you gave me a moment ago, other than that I might be a hideous, terrifying creature crawling <laughs> from the husk of another equally hideous, terrifying creature. <laughs> this thing has taken an awful turn right from yeah. the beginning. Wow. Okay. So welcome to Kicking Ass Week. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, I feel so some kind of way to be here now. Oh, fantastic. I welcome all of all of your feelings. Um, and I want to let you know, really and truly, I'm gonna I'm gonna tack an introduction onto this episode. But for those of you who don't know Tiffany yet, um, Tiffany has um, her hands on so many projects, and they're wonderful. Um, Tiffany leads. Uh, Lean and Make Bank, which is a terrific program to get therapists to charge an adequate to wealthy amount for their services and do their best work. The Money Sessions, which is a super fun podcast, um, and also a private practice clinician. All the things. That's lot, yeah, it's a lot of ass kicking there. And every time I see you out there, you're, you're winning it. So let me ask you, between Lynn, the podcast, Challenging Clinicians Mindsets on Money, and other hard conversations that come up over the course of treatment, you seem fearless to me. Huh. Is that inherent in you, or is that something that you cultivated? That's a lie. I'm actually, I have a lot of fear even every single day. And look, here's the thing. Um, I think what I've cultivated is the capacity to be afraid and then get help and keep moving forward anyway. Because I think if you're growing, you're going to be, well, maybe there's some, I don't think you even have to be a sociopath, but there are people who somehow don't experience fear. Hallelujah Mm. to them. I I think most of us, if we're growing, are going to be always on the edge of discomfort. So I'm on the Mm -hmm. edge of discomfort and I could even tip that into fear most days, maybe like two out of seven days every week. 
Yeah, two out of seven. Okay, so two out of seven fear days. <laughs> yes, right. That seems to me to be within there because I agree with you. No fear whatsoever is a diagnosis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the same way that abject fear every day is a diagnosis too. Sure. Two out of seven seems within the realm of clinically acceptable. I'll take it. I'll take it. Amounts of fear. Well, so what do you do when that fear is set upon you? Like, what what's the strategy or strategies? Yeah, I I just had fear yesterday. So number one, I can say. Um, the, the fear so often come from a myriad of stories. So something happens, somebody does something, and then I just go into a world of stories that touch on my deepest anxieties and uncon- not even unconscious because there's something conscious about it, my deepest anxieties. And so now I've gotten much better at saying, okay, I know I have my analyst this afternoon. I go to therapy twice a week, go to a psychoanalyst who's been doing this forever twice a week. Um, I have a uh, business group. So often my fears right now are around business because that's where my grow- growing edge is. So yeah. I go to my business group and I, so I go to my analyst and say, this, wh- this means I, this thing happened in the world and this means that all the worst stories I have and she can help me with whatever unconscious story. And then I go to my business group and they say, what do you, they, they try to, they, they do mindset stuff. So they say, what do you think is the underlying thing? And I'm like, we're not going there because that's what my analyst is for. But let's think about the strategies here. And then I get the help with actual concrete strategies over there. So between my analyst, between my coaching community and friends, I can usually get to the point where I get on the other side of my fears and can take action. So to me, what I'm hearing, the main theme here is that you have very specialized support. Yes. From people who know how to give that support to you. That is correct. You got it. It's very smart. It's like an entire team of people, right? <laughs> and you know what the thing is, you you would you know you know about the you know about Lean and McBank. Sure. Like the whole first module is spent on building your community. So really learning how do I have to show up and what do I need to be able to articulate to get the help I need and who are the people I go to for the specific kinds of help I need. Because this is, again, at least for me and a lot of people I know and work with, this is not a solo endeavor. You have to have a team, a community, a crew to be able to get to the next level. So really understanding what it takes to build that crew and who you have to be to get the help you need, I think that is a lesson in and of itself. I agree with that. So how do you get the right crew members? Because I'm sure that not everyone that you might turn to for that kind of support is able to provide it for you in a way that's particularly helpful. So how do you, how do you find the right people to assemble your team? Yeah, man, a great question. And let me, you know, I turn questions around too. And I know you're good. My sense is you're good. I'm going to turn around on you. So go ahead. And I'll be ready. I'll be ready for it. Okay. You, I, I know, I happen to know that you have also very good crew. Yes, that's correct. How have you been able to uh, find a crew and cultivate your relationships with folks? Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> if you were me, yeah. how would you? No, okay, I can answer this question. Um, it's, I tell you, I, the, one of the biggest growth things that I had right as I was getting licensed um, is that, especially in psychotherapy, we're really fortunate that we're in a field where if you like somebody's work, you can generally reach out to them and hear from them. I think there's a lot of fields where if you're like an investment banker and you write the top investment banker, they're not going to write you back. If you're a film director and you write the top film director, you're never going to hear from that person. But in therapy, people are often going to get back to you. So what I learned early on is if you see somebody who's doing something that you like, or you see somebody whose work you really respect, then go talk to that person, you know, come with good questions um, and see if that person will either, you know, share with you. Um, or if they'll introduce you to wonderful people. And that's a 
meeting wonderful people, in my opinion, is a snowball, right? You, if mm. you, the more wonderful people you spend time with, they're going to introduce you to more sort of wonderful people. So that's how I do it. That's a great strategy. I could, I could learn a thing or two from you. So <laughs> as, as you were talking, Talking was helping me frame, shape my thoughts to, oh, this is how Nick does it. Is that familiar to me? Mm, not so much. So let me, let me tell you, um, in contrast, yeah. uh, and also based on my deep-seated in- insecurities and anxieties, uh, I know. Oh, what? Tiffany? She's not kicking ass? Um, <laughs> I often look for the paywall. I have learned, oh, and you, you, you made a good point. When you're talking to someone on Wall Street, you're probably not going to interview the highest or email the highest person on Wall Street. Although I will say, I think that even the highest deputy muck do it on Wall Street, he's in a good old boys club. So someone's right. 19 year old white son is like, I want to know, you know, whoever that guy is, Tom Tomlinson, and he's right. going to get an introduction. So I think even in Wall Street, what That's you're talking about actually works among those muckety mucks who are already um, in the in the club yeah right. yeah who are already in the club so i think you're saying uh, and i i think you're right on in the therapy club we're so much more accessible and we right. want everyone to be in the club so we're not doing this exclusivity thing like tom tomlinson might be doing right uh so but but i think i found in the business world for certain when i want to um start finding people who can help me get to the next level i pay for their programs Right. I get into those programs and then I do my best to kick ass and show up. And I do come with my, like in this one I'm in right now, oh, you guys don't know me. And then they come and say, look, here's what you're doing, X, Y, and Z. If you want to get to the next level, you need to take responsibility. And then I say, even if I wrestle with it, I say, oh, okay, I'm going to trust what they're saying because I paid them all this money and their companies are multi-million dollar companies. So let me get over my own shit and go to my analyst to help me get over my own shit in order to take action. So in every course I've actually um, invested in and and taken action, I've ended up being one of their success stories. And then I have, I don't have deep relationships with Ramit Sethi, one of my first like internet gurus, but he certainly knows who I am. And him and his team will come back to me sometimes when they want a testimonial or they want some product questions. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, finding the person I want to learn from, investing in the programs that they've worked really hard to create to teach them, uh, make an impact on a lot of people, and then fucking excelling in those programs is one way I I, uh, find these relationships. In terms of friendships or more mutual, mutually beneficial relationships. I'm harder at those, to be honest yeah. with you. Those take okay. so much more time and work for me, energy to sure. find things that are not um, where I'm paying work for service. Related. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely, oh. work-related, yes. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, I mean, it, the metrics of a friendship are so different from the metrics of a yeah. business relationship. They're yeah. less measurable unless you're absolutely. a real asshole. <laughs> right. um, <That's> right. <laughs> and so yeah, I, you know, it does take a bigger investment in that sense. Yeah. I really found, I, I love what you brought up about the paywall. I found myself that the ones I pay for are the ones I do. I really yeah. don't pay a lot of attention to like get a free course on XYZ anymore um, because I don't know if I'm going to show up for that. But I have, I've had a great experience of putting money into something and then that, <laughs> I don't think it's shame necessarily, but that sense of like obligation that I have, uh, I've paid money for this thing, I better use it. Yeah, and I want to get, if I've invested something in this, I want to get at least a minimum two times what I invested so that I can trust my business investments or my, you know, um, again, therapy is less tangible. But if I'm paying a lot of money, I want to see what's on the other side so I can learn to trust myself to make good investments. So for you, the stakes are even higher because this actually reflects on whether you can trust your own instrument for making business decisions. If you don't get to 2x, then you're like... Well, that's it, Tiffany. I don't think you get to be on the on the 
course selection committee anymore. That's exactly right. right. You're you're off the board if you're making <laughs> poor financial decisions. You yes. know, we, it's been a good run. We've been really happy to have you on the team, and you know, but it, it's come to our attention that one of us has to go, and I can't fire myself. So that's exactly right. Go, right. Although I'm firing, I am. I'm I'm firing that decision making portion of Tiffany, and she can go have kettle chips. She can't actually now because she's working out with a personal trainer, so she doesn't get kettle chips anymore for the most part. So I don't know what okay. she's going to do. All right. Well, hold on. Let's digress for a second here because I work out with a personal trainer and I eat kettle chips or something similar to kettle chips all the goddamn time. Are they webcamming you? Like what is the, are you under surveillance? I remember we're talking about someone who kicks ass. I have a strong internal system of personal Tiffany ass kicking that really does a number on my ability to get away with things. Cause you know, that internal Tiffany is watching everything I do all the time. God. Wow. Okay. So it is like a big brother style sort of police surveillance Internal. situation. In yeah, there. like a big, a little, a little Tiffany, but it's powerful. It's like, it's like you can imagine every time that tarantula is molting out of its skin. <laughs> if I eat those kettle chips, out comes that tarantula and there's nowhere I can go. I can't get away from that tarantula. What a That's, nightmare. Yeah, there, a lot of really interesting nightmare scenarios are coming up in this thing. And then the, the visual picture I'm getting is of this, is of like a little kid eating, eating. <laughs> eating kettle chips and trying to shield the bag from a cop. <laughs> like, you know, so anyway, okay. Well, I support you if that, if that is aligned with your goals. Thank you. Okay. So in terms of kicking ass, so you've told me that fear is a, a potentially approximately two to seven, two out of seven days a week proposition in your life. And that it's a good thing because that's, that's, you know, marks sort of the crest of your growth wave, so to speak. What's the hardest achievement that you've ever had and how did you accomplish it? Wow, hardest achievement I've ever had. Did you give me questions to prep ahead of time? I did. Oh, I gave you my this gosh. question to prep ahead of time. I almost thought about teasing you to say like, oh, look at Tiffany faking like I didn't give her this question ahead of time. Uh, but I didn't want to, you know, you're being kind of being a guest. So I didn't I'm transparent. You can, so folks, Nick gave me a list of questions that I must have looked over maybe at some point and then either forgot or I like to be off the cuff because what I said, if I wrote something at that time, it could be very different if sure. I'm in the state where we're talking about tarantulas. So I want yeah. to be spontaneous. So the biggest. Well, while you think of that for the audience, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go over the list of questions that I wrote. Number one was, have you ever seen a tarantula molt out of its skin? <laughs> I knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't come on the show if that was going to be. Yeah, would be yeah, right? Anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. So your hardest achievement. Hardest achievement. I could take that so many ways and it feels like there's not been one big achievement because there's been so many little internal um, having to overcome unconscious stories or just terrors. So I will, and we're talking a lot about terror. I'm psychoanalytic. We use big language to describe the internal world. Um, This is weird. I'm going to take us a really weird direction. When I was 22, I had my first romantic relationship. Um, I was a real late bloomer and I was in that relationship for three years and I had this feeling that it wasn't right. It wasn't a good fit. Like, oh, I just got more and more weighted down with the burden of being in a relationship that didn't feel somehow in line with my integrity. The guy was so sweet, so showed up, so kind, all these nice, nicey, nice things. And I just felt like, oh, and so this is definitely a weird direction to go. But I, I would say being able to somehow in a dissociated, dissociated few, get myself out of that relationship, even though I feared I was hurting someone or destroying someone, whatever my stories were. Uh, It was an example of being able to do something that I, uh, my parents before me had not been able to do, let's say, in some 
unconscious or psychic way, the people in my small town or my small religious community, something about being able to check in with something that didn't feel right in my gut. And I don't, couldn't right. justify it. And I don't, and it felt like it wasn't okay, but right. I had to act within my integrity anyway. That's one small example of um, a series of steps that I have to go through over and over and over again in my life. But that's an enormous example, I think, because I, I feel like, you know, obviously we're in the business of relationships and I, you know, I see over and over again situations where people have a relationship that doesn't work for them, but it's not for a measurable, discernible reason. The partner is not abusive. Um, There's nothing even really wrong. The partner might be really nice. There might be, it might be on paper that it is a phenomenal relationship in every way, except that the person's not feeling it. And so I admire any 22 year old um, who has the, the guts to just end a relationship in a peaceful way rather than doing what I think we usually do, which is either turn into a ghost and float away or engineer a war so that we can win or lose it and then be on our way. So I didn't, it didn't go so smoothly as all that. There was definitely definitely some shenanigans behind the scenes, but I didn't act out of my integrity and I did end it without any, I did end it without um, fights or like uh, cheating i never yeah, you know cheating not nothing bullshit, like that right? yeah. yeah no bullshit and there was a lot of internal bullshit and it felt awful but yeah doing something and look this is i pushed a, a, a human out of my vagina naturally so wow. you know we can talk about accomplishments and yet sure. it is these um what feel like little relational accomplishments that we don't have words for and we can't justify and that we don't have a model for those are the things that feel like man the biggest internal humps to get over right right Wow. Well, congratulations on that. And congratulations on pushing a human out of your vagina. I haven't done it. Sounds taxing to say the least. Taxing. And I got to say for all the the ladies out there watching, not everyone has the opportunity to do that. I was lucky that I got to get, have that opportunity and I do it again, but only because I forgot. Like they really, you really do forget how (laughs) awful it is. In the moment I was saying, don't do this again, Tiffany. Don't do it again. If you could have, oh, I remember wow. talking to myself. A note. I internally, I was giving myself a, but you know, time passes and I'm like, ah, I could do it again. Got Tiffany in the, the shoving stage. She didn't know. Well, and nobody, I mean, think of all the photographic evidence of this last year of having your child. I'm sure there's oh. a million photos of him like this <laughs> or playing right. with toys. And there's no photos of you with your feet, like six feet apart, yeah. screaming to the heavens, doused in sweat. You know That's what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. No Which one took smart. You don't want that on your Because I, I think someone was supposed to be taking those photos, but thank God she didn't. So that's fine. <laughs> she ran. <laughs> okay, so back to ass kicking here. Because um, yes. I want to ask you something that really important, I think. Um, and I haven't had this experience, so I want to ask you about yours. Um, I'm understanding from a lot of people that there's uh, a lot of pressure on women especially women of color, not to be seen or heard and not to take up much space. Um, and that's all ass and no kicking, right? Yeah, like that yeah, sucks, that's right? right? Yes. So has, first off, before I even go off on that, has that been your experience? Like, have you experienced that in the world? Oh, certainly. And it's not, it's not, let me think about it. Nobody has ever said, that's not true. Uh, uh, as an adult, nobody's ever said, um, hey, you're talking too much. And um, right. I don't want to see you. But the subtle messages about what it means to be a woman in the world speaking up and potentially saying the wrong thing or putting oneself out there or making too much money talking about those things. Um, there's certainly pushback for that. Yeah. And I mean, I can think of the I can think of the adjectives in my mind, like selfish, bossy um, stuff that we would be much more likely to apply to women consciously or, or yeah. unconsciously. Um, so here's my question. How do you, Tiffany, 
make yourself seen and heard despite these messages? Because there, it sounds like there are a lot of them. Sure. Um, for Tiffany, for me, uh, I almost went to third person. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I love it. For Tiffany, uh, really being very aware that there's a bigger game. There's a bigger picture. Um, for all the people who are not wanting to hear from me or who are saying, hey, this message is selfish. You know, I talk about therapists making bake. This yeah. message is th- selfish. You're hurting people. Um, I have been able to see, and I have to keep seeing them, otherwise I forget, all the people whose lives have been impacted positively by virtue of this message, or even the, the, even the people who are naysayers or critical, to even see a black woman, a biracial woman, up there saying these things and uh, uh, saying them loudly, um, that is a model that people can, whether they are like, yes, I want to see it, or whether they're resistant to it, it's having an impact on them to be able to see someone like me out there. So I right. have to put myself aside because I get a lot of anxiety and I, I'm like, oh, is this really what I should be doing or is this really okay? And to be able to say, it's none of my business. Like somehow I got in this fortunate position to be able to have this message, message and speak. So let me go ahead and take advantage of having this opportunity. I love that. Well, so then, so then I think it sounds like you, you're one of the few people in your position right now um, who is visible in this way, yeah. obviously, and that marks a deficit. So, so my question would be to people who are listening to you um, on this podcast, how or or watching you on this Instagram feed, as the case may be, um, what's your message about how to gather up um, courage, how to kick ass, and how to have the life that you want? That well, one message, one message. I yeah, give I me. Should... Oh my God! Just no. I mean, you know. Yeah. Give me three messages if you got three. I just didn't want to put you on the hook. Like, Tiffany, take out a deck of cards and write a new message on each okay. one of them. I really <laughs> should have looked at your questions and written them all down before. <laughs> My message to the people. So here's who I work with specifically. Here's who I have found um, I'm able to connect with and they're able to connect with me are um, women specifically, um, women of color. So people who are marginalized and yeah. then people who come from working class backgrounds. So in every, even though I really am open about serving women, always a couple of white dudes, or a couple of dudes get into my, not always white, a couple of dudes get into my program. And I'm like, if you're in my program, you must be the kind of dude who resonates. And I think that's probably the working class part or even mm. a, like, maybe a, a conservative, religious conservative background part, like those things together. There are a lot of messages around money that get in us and make it hard for us to reach our potential. Yeah. So speaking to that particular audience, uh, man, what would I say? The biggest uh, um, shift for me was the aware, awareness of a growth mindset. Uh, if, if I can do something, then so can who, whoever I was following me, they can also do it. There are all right. kinds of anxieties, all kinds of fears, all kinds of frustrations, but I think it's incumbent upon women and minorities to make money, uh, to do well, to be financially yeah. secure, and then financially thriving, and also not be burning yourself out doing it. Have time and money, because nice. money in the hands of women and minorities always goes to serving the wider community. And there's research mm. to back it up. Women and minorities uh, take their wealth and they spread it around. So our society, America specifically, because that's where I'm at, we would do well to have more money and power in the hands of women. And we could yeah. say, especially the debates are tonight. I don't know when people are watching this, but here, the de- first political presidential debate is tonight. Sure. And I'm like, what would happen if there were 1,000 therapists who were making 200000 a year and only working 15 hours a week? Where would those t- the rest of that time and money be going? And I yeah. rest assured it'd be going to making this political situation better, social oh, justice yeah. better, impacting Black Lives Matter, et cetera. So that is a, 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 a little sliver of the kind of message I'd have for folks watching. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me and with us. 
And I know that there are going to be people that hear this and or watch this um, and want more of that message from you and are going to want more of the inspiration. Because that was my experience was that I listened to your podcast, The Money Sessions, and you know, just found it really inspiring. I always really love talking to you. So how do people who are just loving this message and, you know, need a belly full of it, how do they find you? How do they see you? I would say check out the Money Sessions podcast. Uh, if you're really like, I, I don't even need it, Tiffany. I already want to just dive in. We have a masterclass, a free masterclass we recommend people watch. Nick, you can put that link into the whatever your resources, where your, your links go. And you that masterclass it. covers, uh, at, for therapists specifically, um, the common mistakes we make as therapists that uh, when we're setting up fees in our private practice that so many of us fall into, especially if you're a woman, especially if you're a minority, especially if you come from a working class. So I would say go check out that class. Fantastic. Tiffany, thanks for joining us today. It's just pleasure. It's so wonderful to to be able to hear from you. Um, And I hope that you'll come back. I'll come back for sure. You just let me know, but no more tarantula talk. That's out. (laughs) I'm going to slide. I'm going to do that thing. Do you know the thing about um, the Ozzy Osbourne and the brown M&Ms? Do you know this story? I don't. So so there was this thing for years. Ozzy Osbourne wouldn't go on if there were brown um, M&Ms in his... um, in his like, I don't know, rider or whatever, like in his in his costume room, right? And so everybody thought that was like the the like the very portrait of of excess, right? But it actually comes from a really interesting place. The road managers learned that they were putting all these requirements in the riders, and a lot of times the the uh, people that were booking the shows were just ignoring them and not doing them. So by requesting something like no brown M and M's that was visible, they yes. could walk into the room and know whether the guy had done everything on the rider or not. So that's brilliant. Um, so your brown M&Ms are going to be tarantula questions on the, on the prefabricated questions that I'm going to send you, and that's how I'm going to know. So, undoubtedly, yes. Yeah, undoubtedly. Anyway, Tiffany, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. Bye now. That's it for this episode of the More Exemplary Podcast. If you'd like to have a question answered on the More Exemplary Podcast, please send an email to moreexemplary at gmail.com. If you're interested in transforming your life, whether it's romantically, professionally, historically, or any other way through psychotherapy, please visit me at www.nickbognertherapy.com. If you love this podcast, please tell all your friends about it. And if you don't have any friends, then please tell some strangers about it in a not creepy way. Subscribing and leaving positive reviews helps me to be able to make more episodes of this podcast. And if you're still listening at this point, then I suspect you've fallen asleep with your earbuds in. Sleep well, and I can't wait to join you for the next episode of the More Exemplary Podcast.